This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. God, why does it always take so long to start recording Skype? Hates us. Me too. (laughs) Don't be like that, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation, as always. I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Brittany, um, who has delved into the world of TikTok and has become a lost soul to it, just like I have. How are you doing this morning? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Tia's only bringing this up to take away from the point that she threatened me before the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I threatened Brittany to say that she has not caught up with episodes six through eight of American Gods. And she needs to because they're amazing. And as we promised the amazing listeners, we're going to come back in a couple of weeks to do the Top 10 American Gods episodes 6 through 10. So we got to fulfill our promise, Brittany. Oh, man, you feel like, like, like my mom whenever I would like try to go back on something. She's like, you made a promise. We made a promise to the listeners, Brittany, so, but anyway, how are you this morning? I know that you want to give us an update on the cats, like you always do. Um, you know what's funny is they're actually not here right now, but like I said, I had a nightmare that they died, and I haven't, like, you ever have, like, one of those sleeps where you're like, I just feel awful, because I feel like, or, like, you wake up and you just almost want to, like, look for them so badly, but you're too tired to get up, and you're like, ugh. Oh, they got it's a dream type feeling. I have those type of dreams a lot where it's like they feel so real and you're sitting there like, how am I going to cope with this? And then you wake up and you're like, oh, thank God, that was just a dream. Um, I, I've definitely had that. You're like, thank God, I don't have to actually deal with this. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. But um, we are actually not here to talk American Gods, but I probably could for days on end. Um, we are actually. We are actually here because it is um, International Women's Month, Um, so awesome. We're two amazingly strong women, so it feels good to be doing a podcast that is the top 10 strongest female superheroes. Um, And I was partially inspired to pick this as a topic because WandaVision actually concluded this week, this Friday. Um, And I got to tell you, Brittany, like, Wanda Maximoff is OP. Like, uh, is she the strongest Avenger? She's definitely the strongest Avenger. Like, move over Thor, move over Captain Marvel, move over Doctor Strange. Like, it's Wanda. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's not even me. Like, yes, Queen. Like, it, it's it's actually established. It's actually established. Like, uh, slight spoiler to those who haven't watched WandaVision, I know you haven't, Brittany, but it's a really slight spoiler (laughs) that there's a character in the show that literally tells Wanda that she is stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme, 
And who's the Sorcerer Supreme? That's Doctor Strange. So she's stronger than, like, the world's strongest, like, wizard. So, yeah. Wanda Maximoff, strongest Avenger. And, like, and what's the thing? Was she experimented on or was she born that way? So the thing is that, um, you know, just, like, a quick backstory. In Age of Ultron, you know, when they brought in Wanda and Pietro, um, who are technically X-Men in the comics. This was at the time where Disney didn't have any um, rights yeah. to the X-Men. So they couldn't call them mutants, and they couldn't call them Scarlet Witch, and they couldn't call them Quicksilver, which is why in Age of Ultron they called them Enhanced, saying, like, oh, they were experimented on with the Mind Stone, and that's how they got their powers. But in WandaVision, since now Disney owns the rights, they kind of retconned it a little, still have it where they were experimented, but it was more so, like, she was born with these things. They were only brought really to the surface and exposed by the experimentation with the Mind Stone. Okay, that makes sense. Because, like, I guess they still wanted to keep that connection to Vision with the Mind Stone. Right. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, and they don't want to, like, completely say, like, hey, you know, that whole movie that we did, like, completely ignore it, like, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, right. All that money we put in. I I loved I loved Ultron, but but that wasn't a great movie. No, not at all. Um, I will say, like, really quick, like the thing that kind of you know gives a little bit of way to say, like, oh, she was probably born with this, um, was that you remember the whole thing in Age of Ultron? The reason why Wanda and Pietro agreed to be experimented on in the first place is because, you know, their parents were killed by a stark, like, explosion and that their whole story of them waiting 10 days for this one, like, stark bomb to explode and it never did. Do you remember that in Ultron? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they pretty much, like, in the show kind of explained it, like, in Age of Ultron they always say, like, oh, it was by chance, right? They waited for it, they waited for it, it never happened. But they kind of retconned that a little where it was like, oh, Wanda, you were the one preventing it. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, fucking 10. Like, I didn't have these powers. It's like, no, 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 you you did. You did have powers. You begging internally for it not to go off is what prevented it from going off. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's like they definitely retconned that a little with, like, a merging of the two. Like, she's born with it, but then also... um, the experimentation helped as well. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Oh my God. I wanted to make that joke so badly one day. (laughs) We were doing a review and we were like, someone said like, Oh, well maybe she was born with it. And it was like, maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) That's how you know you're brainwashed. Yeah, exactly. That happens so many times with me. I think the State Farm commercials, especially, I'm just like, it. it it's automatic. RTG, um, 877 cash now. 877 cash now. <laughs> People are like, what the fuck is up with them? Um, before we move any they knew before we move any further into our top ten, I wanted to again because March is. International Women's History Month, and what's today's day? Oh, it's the seventh. Tomorrow is International Women's Day, so um, we're we're recording one day early here. But my favorite quote ever is: "Here's to strong women. We, may we know them, may we be them, 
may we raise them. And that's always my Sex favorite quote, City. so I want to put that out there. Hmm? That's from Sex in the City, isn't it? No, no, not at all. Although, you know how much I love Sex in the City, so. <laughs> I, I would have been willing to bet money that it was from Sex in the City. That's why I instantly was like, is this from Sex in the City? No, no, it's not, believe it or not. I could probably pull a few quotes, too, from Sex and City, but that's not the time for this. Um, what you want to call it? And one last thing before we dive in. Of course, you know that we got to give huge shout-outs to our friends over at Stranger Damies, which is the Real Play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. I talk about them all the time. We've had both Mark and Dan on our top tens who are part of Stranger Damies. They're also part of a podcast called They Call This a Movie. They're amazing guys. They, you know, do their podcast every single week. So if you like movie reviews of pretty bad movies, you can check out They Call This a Movie. And if you're into Dungeons and Dragons, you can check out Stranger Damies, which I believe comes out every Wednesday. Um, I think they're in their like second campaign, which I didn't know campaigns could take so long, but apparently the first campaign took like five years or something like that. Yeah, so, they could take a long, good while. Yeah, so they completed their first campaign. Now they're going on to their second campaign. That's going on right now. You know, uh, you can find them, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies, also at Main Damie. They are part of the Geek Vibes Nation family, so please make sure that you check them out. Um, one day we'll have to get Anthony on as well. He's the only one out of that podcast we haven't had on here. Um, and to be honest, they're all fantastic. I was on there. They call this a movie. like two months ago when Wonder Woman uh, 84 came out um, and we kind of ripped it to shreds. <laughs> um, to shreds, you say? To shreds. Um, I actually mentioned Wonder Woman 84 last night when we were doing our final review for WandaVision because there's something in, and I'm trying not to like spoil too much because you haven't seen it and you know it just came out, but there's something that happens in WandaVision that does something so much better than what they were trying to do in Wonder Woman 84. And it's like, I'm not trying to compare them so much because it's like, you know, the whole like DC versus Marvel thing. But it's like they try to achieve this one emotional thing in 84 that never felt earned. And then they do it in WandaVision. I'm like, this feels earned, you know? So anyway, um, WandaVision's a great show. Um some people were kind of iffy about the finale. I thought it was a very emotional finale. I thought that it was really proper um, to the story of WandaVision. And Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany give them all the awards. Holy fuck. They did a phenomenal job together. I can't stop praising them. But, um, Brittany, let's go into our top ten strongest female superheroes list. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes. Let's see. Um, I... I have a big list, so I'm trying to think of what I want to start with. But I knew with us going, uh, we would have some overlap. So I'm trying yes. to see who. Um, I'm going to go with Rogue from uh, from X-Men. Love it. Go ahead. Because when the original movies came and remember, it's like, oh, her wearing the gloves, her little stripe. By the way, did you know that fashion's coming back in? Like, the kind of, <laughs> like, orangey hair. Like, especially in TikTok with, like, the gray, like, front tips. Oh, my God. I sent you yesterday, by the way, on um, 
uh, TikTok, there's one account that I like watching because he just does, like, skits between millennials and Gen Z. And he's, like – and it's, like, the millennial going to the Gen Z. It's, like, everything that you hate about us millennials, you're trying to bring back in fashion. Like, flare pants, we had them first. Like, you know, oh, no. we have all this shit first. Because the whole thing is that they don't like skinny jeans, Gen Z, and it's like, and they don't like middle parts. I mean, they don't like uh, side parts. They like middle parts, and it's like I all like things- skinny jeans. I love skinny jeans. Exactly. I was like, why would you want to bring back flare pants? They're awful, but that that's what they're bringing back apparently. Anyway, like pretty much, they're looking at the first X Men movie, and they go, "That's the fashion I want to bring back." <laughs> oh my god! You know, that's like. Um- What's funny is somebody was like, whoever wanted to bring back flare pants, let me let me give you this. And all those times of like, you know, your bottom of your jeans would be so wore out and nasty, dirty from stepping on them, and they're all ratty. Oh my god, I had so many freaking pants that I had to start cutting the bottoms because they they got like that. Or like if it was raining, there's so much material that it like feels as if it's weighing you down. I I love the the, you know, introduction of skinny jeans. It just felt so much better, less material. If you're walking and like rain's not freaking, you know, getting up underneath the pants or snow or anything. I uh, you know, you could wear boots and not look weird what by tucking them in. Like, guys, why do you hate skinny jeans? Just so like felt like the Victorian era when they were like finally like, oh yes, you can show like after that where they're like, oh yes, it's okay to show your ankles. <laughs> I love those skinny jeans where they let you show a little bit of ankle and you have these little like little slip on shoes. Oh my yeah. god, so cute, so cute. I don't understand it. Like I will never like. I, someone said really quick. They this one woman was like, if Gen Z wants to bring back our fashion so badly, then they need to start tweezing their eyebrows to a single line. It's like, oh, you don't want to bring that trend back? You don't want to bring that trend back? <laughs> oh, no, flashbacks. Some of us can't have thick eyebrows. We tweeze the fuck out of them, and there's no hair left. <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, I was going to say real quick, like, uh, we got uh, down a trend here. <laughs> uh, I was going to say with the... Uh, I was trying to think of which direction to go to either go back to Rogue or go back to, like, growing up. But I will say on Rogue real quick, one thing for me that I thought was so epic is, like, remember, it's like, she almost killed a boy because she kissed him, and she didn't realize, like, and I always wondered what effect her powers really had on, like, a regular human because she could take their powers, but I guess it's almost like, is she taking their life energy or sorry, I got a yawn right in the middle of that, but uh, is it kind of like, I never knew exactly how it worked, but you think about someone that can basically copy someone's power. It's like their, their limit is limitless. If that makes sense. Like they can get a little bit of everything, whether it's Magneto, whether it's, uh, whether it was Wolverine. Cause I think she did get Wolverine's powers at some point, but she probably couldn't get like, uh, I, I, yeah, she did. She got stabbed by him, remember, through the stomach, and she touched him, and it was able to give her his regener- regenerative powers, and so she didn't die in that one movie, because she got, like, messed up, but it nearly killed him, and I always thought it was crazy. It's like someone that can kill you with only a single touch, and get your um, powers to 
Yeah, I was going to say that was, like, my favorite scene um, in the original, like, X-Men movies with Rogue is, um, I don't, I forget why she, like, because Wolverine was sleeping, and I forget why she, like, went to him. They had a very, like, um, you know how in Logan he has that relationship with his daughter, you know, and it was kind of like that, um, like, almost like a surrogate father-daughter situation with Wolverine and Rogue because she was so much younger than him. And maybe she was going to, like, check on him, but because he, you know, has lived so long, he gets nightmares, um, he, like, woke up and instantly, like, freaking plunged his claws into her, like, stomach. Um, and, so then she touched, and then she touched him and was able to, like, you know, heal herself. But I, I remember that he looked like he was dying. <laughs> I think also, too, is, like, we think we got daddy issues. I think she had some pretty severe daddy issues because <laughs> she kind of was like wanting Wolverine. I mean, have you seen Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember like he was very like father daughter, but I think she was more like, hey, yo, bub. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't necessarily remember that. I, it's been a long time since I've gone back and watched the original X-Men movies. I could have been reading way too much fan fiction, but I'm almost positive. <laughs> I mean, it could be that. And, you know, like movies back then with like female superheroes or just women in general in film were like super sexual. Like go back. um do you remember the original Fantastic Four movies with Chris Evans? Yes. Go back and watch those two. Jessica Alba, it's like, it, you know, she's a beautiful woman, but it's like every scene, you know, all the guys are all rough and dirty, and it's like they got her in, like, a push-up bra. They, like, are making her pout a lot. You know, she's doing, like, the big eyes. You know, she has to, like, pose sexy in battle and everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> to sell oh yeah 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 yeah. here we go there we go well that was a big thing i had heard like i had read an interview years ago with jessica alba where she said she um you know at some point really didn't like filming those scenes because um there was at one point where like her character was crying and the director was like can you cry prettier and it's like what They would have to tell me that all the time. I am not a pretty crier. Yeah, me either. Like, face I, I'm not up. thinking about the aesthetic when I'm crying. I'm crying to cry. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. But I love you putting Rogue down. Um, You know, I grew up on the X-Men films. Those were, like, the first superhero films when I was growing up. Like, yeah, we had batman films and all that but like the x-men was just something just that i ate up um and i loved rogue um just because she was like an angsty goth and i was an angsty goth the angstiest i'm trying to find the word there the angstiest of all angsty angsty no, it was just, like, I really appreciated those movies growing up because I thought they were so cool, and I loved how, like, kind of gruff she was, too. And I was like, I love her. I don't know her, but I love her. <laughs> I definitely love Rogue, so that's a great way to start off the list. I'm going to go number nine, um, and I'm going to go with a street-level hero, and I'm going to go with Jessica Jones. 
Oh, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) To me, Jessica Jones feels like, you know, she was as strong as, say, like Luke Cage. You know, maybe she didn't have, like, impenetrable skin. But realistically, I mean, she could do, say, everything that Luke Cage could do. She could, you know, bend chairs and walls and, you know, stop things. And she could go toe-to-toe with Luke Cage in a fight, which I believe they did in, um, you know, in Jessica Jones Season 1 when Luke Cage was brainwashed by Kilgrave. It's like they could go toe-to-toe. Yeah, he was amazing. Um, But, you know, Jessica Jones is super strong. And on top of that, um, her character can't fly, but can jump. Like her, yeah, she, she says has those strong ass legs. She got those strong ass legs where she could, li- she could, you know, uh, what's the Superman thing? She can leap a tall, a uh, tall building. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Jessica Jones to me is like she's a very strong person, a very strong. A uh, woman, and even though she probably would hate you calling her a superhero, that's what she is. Yeah, um, that's, to me, that's <laughs> what she is, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> whether she fucking likes it or not, she's a strong-ass bitch. I love it. Um, and I really liked Jessica Jones. I will admit that I actually never watched a third season because I was really disappointed with the second season of Jessica Jones. And I think I also, I have this thing where it's like, I hate watching things knowing that it's the end. And you by the time attached to it. And by the time Jessica Jones season three came out, that was it for the Marvel Netflix shows. They had already announced that like, it was all canceled. That was the last of it. We had already gone through the Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Punisher cancellations. And they, like, you know, canceled Jessica Jones, like, ahead of the third season coming out. Like, realistically, people were saying that the only reason why we even got a third season is because they had already been developing it and filming it prior to, like, I guess, getting the announcement that their world was going to, like, end so it's like i'm not ready to like say goodbye to this marvel netflix universe that i've loved so much and if this is the last like one i don't know i have to go and actually watch it because i've watched all the other ones um but yeah regardless i love jessica jones and i am still sad to this day that we never got Kristen ritter as jessica jones meeting up with john bernthal as frank castle because right John Bernthal even said in an interview, they were he was like, they asked him, oh, um, who would you like your character to meet within the Marvel Netflix universe? And he's like, Jessica Jones. And I'm like, it would be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. I was going to say, too, I think when they're already canceling something, you don't feel like, oh, I have to fully support this or else they'll get canceled. And I want to make sure there's another season. You know, there's not that that loyalty to it because there's nothing to be loyal to at that point. Well, like, I loved iZombie. And I still love iZombie. Like, that's not a past thing. I love that show. But when they yeah. announced that, but when they announced that it was, like, renewed for a fifth and final season, part of me was like, all right, well, my viewership really doesn't matter. I can take my time in watching yeah. it. And I did watch it, but I didn't watch it really in real time. Like, I didn't watch it for weeks and then, like, caught up and everything so I could be ready for, like, the series finale. Um, But, 
like I'll give you an example with American Gods, right? I wanted to get a fourth season so badly that it's like I'm on top of that shit watching like every week, you know, every episode because I'm like, all right, I want another season. But with like iZombie and like Jessica Jones, knowing that that's the last of it, it's kind of like, uh, it's so discouraging. I didn't get that. I, uh, I'm trying to think. I should think what else is kind of like that that we kind of watch. I it was hard for me watching The Punisher after because when you already know it's done for, it's just it kind of feels like you're salt in the wound. It was difficult because you're watching and you're going, "All oh, this is great," but like it's not going to go anywhere. Like this is yeah. it, you know? Like any setup they did, like any like talks that I just wish they would have gave them a little more warning. Like, hey, after this, you're done. Well, I will say that The Punisher Season 2 did end really satisfying. Like, they ended it pretty much where if they had wanted to make a third season, absolutely they could. But it was very satisfying that that was the end. It wasn't like Daredevil Season 3, same thing, right? I don't know if they knew at the time that they were going to get canceled because they didn't announce the cancellation until after the show came out. But the end of Daredevil Season 3 was very satisfying. It wrapped things up. It also kept things open in case there was, like, a revisit to that world. Um, but Luke but Luke Cage and Iron Fist were left wide open. Huge cliffhangers. Because I no, really... We'll get back to this. I didn't... Because they were the first ones. So I don't think that they knew they were going to get canceled afterwards. So they were like, of course we're going to get another season. Let's just end it where we can still visit it but daredevil like i will say like of course i was sad daredevil and punisher got canceled they're my two favorites in that world but the way they ended like it's not a spoiler it's been years now you know daredevil season three ended with the three of them you know getting back together to reopen nelson and murdoch and that's all i fucking wanted i was like i hate that they're not friends you know matt foggy and karen so them, you know, finally ending the only with, good Karen, the only the only good Karen, <laughs> you know, them ending with them getting back together, being friends again and reopening their law firm. I was like, that's all I fucking wanted, you know, and had such a great square off with Wilson Fisk and the Punisher ending with Frank Castle completely embracing his Punisher, you know, insignia and going off and <laughs> killing bad guys. I was like cool <laughs> that's you're all like, like, <laughs> you're like uh, yeah you you do your anti-hero thing you're good you're good yeah but you know i, I see just don't bring meet uh like like see the punisher meet like a logan too oh my god that would be amazing i feel uh, like they're very gruff but they'd want to get a drink together i feel like the best way to bring back john bernthal is frank castle honestly is bring him back in the Blade movie. You know, you already have this, like, really, like, gritty sort of uh, character, and it would make sense. And, I mean, can you imagine seeing Mahershala Ali on film with John Bernthal? <laughs> no, I'm so, I would be on. See, it's like my ovaries can only take so much, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, we got way off topic. Um, Jessica Jones. <laughs> I mean, Which, she technically like, is fucking strong. I mean, like, and I feel like I I love her being strong, but having her own trauma to show it's like it it can happen to the strongest of people. I will say really quick, you know, when 
Jessica Jones season one came out, it was like when they were first building this whole, you know, Netflix Marvel universe. At that point, the only thing that came out beforehand was the first season of Daredevil, right? So at that point, it was like you didn't really know that all these characters were existing within the same world. So I didn't watch Jessica Jones season one at first, but I had heard about it from friends that aren't even into, like, Marvel or DC, right? It it was friends who, like, you know, Brian, like, watched it. He was talking about it and shit. People love Jessica Jones, and the biggest thing that people loved about Jessica Jones was, you know, we all know the history between Jessica and Kilgrave and what Kilgrave did to her, and they do explain that in the show, but not once did they ever do a flashback scene of him assaulting her. And it's like you see that in every time. It's like, oh, we have a character who is like sexually assaulted by another character. We're going to show a really uncomfortable rape scene. And you better be prepared to watch, you know, the girl cry during the whole time. You know, like I love yeah. freaking, like I love Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but it's really hard to watch some of those scenes where Lisbeth is being assaulted, you know. So it's like they never once showed that in Jessica Jones season one, but you still got the idea of how traumatizing that was to her. And it's like that was praised so much because of that very reason. I feel like uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo is like a one watcher, like where you're like, I like this movie, but I cannot watch those scenes again. I mean, I've rewatched the movie just because I really love Rooney Mara's performance as Lisbeth. But yeah, during those scenes, I kind of like, I'm just going to fast forward now. (laughs) Why did I imagine like a VCR tape? That's exactly what I was trying to do. Like, uh, Gen Gen Zers will never know the struggles. rewinding the tape or like trying to do the fast rewind and hoping that you landed close to where you were wanting to be or the like you're really excited you get a film from like blockbuster and you go to put it on and it's like no one rewound it so it's the end scenes you pretty much got spoiled and then you having to like close your eyes as you're like rewinding it and you're like am i finally to the beginning now but then you go like you're trying to get to a sweet spot, right, where you're at the beginning of the movie and not at the credits, but then you go too far and you have to watch all the fucking trailers and shit. Yeah, and, and my trailers would always be like, fast forward through the trailers, but I kind of liked the trailers, and I was like, ah. And it's pretty like memories, because I would always get, like, like, ice cream and milk in a cup, like, and eat it like a little like weird milkshake while we were like watching movies. I'm like the nostalgia queen. I love I loved Blockbuster. When Blockbuster went away, that's how we knew the society as a whole had failed. <laughs> yeah. um, let's move on though, because I could probably go on and on forever about that. Let's go to uh, number eight. What do you got for us, Brittany? I think I'm gonna go with let me let me think about it because I know I'm trying to be careful because I know we're gonna have like I said overlap so let's see walling um I I'm gonna go with Black Canary I was obsessed yeah. with her growing up 
I thought she was so cool, and also I felt like I could relate with her because I was like, she's so neat. And then, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I wish there was, like, because Light Canary's been around forever, but as a little kid, you're not as, like, subjected to it, right? Like, you can't watch those things because you don't know they exist, like the, or, like the comic books, right? And I was like, thought it was so cool to have, like, a character that could, like, basically scream loud enough to, like, destroy everything around them, and so when I saw Black Canary in the Justice League uh, TV show, I was like, man, she's so cool, and she's so beautiful, and her outfit's so cool. I was obsessed with her outfit, like, that jacket with, like, the fishnet leggings and the little boots. It's so, it's so like, not superhero-like, but great at the yeah. same time. Yes, like, she was, like, I will say, what is up with all the superhero women always being, like, so scantily clad? Like, because I'm thinking back to it, I think her boobs were, like, busting out, and they're like, yes, we have fishnets, and I'm like, I feel like if you didn't feel you had to have something on her legs, she would just have the leotard on. Well, like, that's, you know... Um, sometimes the thing, right? Like, I've seen that argument of, um, what you calls it, you know, certain people who, you know, you see a female superhero being adapted from the comics onto live action. They don't have, like, say, the quote-unquote most comic-accurate, like, costume, and you see people get mad. It's like, have you seen their actual fucking costume? The person's wearing a thong. Isn't there a character, literally Vampirella, who's, like, wearing a thong? I'm like, I'm sorry. The guy can wear, like, a suit of armor and be mad protected, but, like, her ass cheeks has to be, like... And this is not coming from, like, a prude thing, you know? Like, you know... show your body off you know you got boobs you got an ash and everything but like certain situations if you're going and fighting you know crime and everything it just doesn't seem like the time where you should be wearing like a bikini <laughs> you know that's what i'm saying what I that's what i used to like about supergirl yeah she had her little skirt on but at least like she was like more protected like she had very like looked more like superman type and i guess right. it's like I, it would make sense if, like, they're like, oh, yes, this character is, like, speed, and, you know, they need the flexibility of movement and don't need to be weighed down. I'm like, I, I can kind of buy it, but not really. But if you're, like, but fighting, like, like, Wonder Woman, dude, you got your armbands on, like, you're, like, things, but the rest of you's pretty gosh darn uncovered. Like, I get that you're, like, made of clay and you're, like, a goddess and shit, but... I feel like you're very exposed for an Amazonian warrior. Well, that was um, that was the big thing because if you have you watched the original Wonder Woman movie? No. Okay, so in the original Wonder Woman movie where they're on Themyscira, like all the warriors are wearing like really badass like looking armor and shit. You know, it is a little like where they have the skirt, but you know that also I think is very par for even like men back then, you know, to just have those like pleats and shit. Um but like very like armor looking, right? But then in the Justice League movie, which I know we like fell asleep watching, but in the scenes where they're in Themyscira, it's like they're wearing bra and underwear. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> they yeah. decided, like, they didn't want to wear as much. Like, what what, what happened here? And the whole, like, oh, <laughs> to be, like, more room. It's, like, also the whole argument of, like, 
oh, well, they got to be fast and flexible. Flash wears, like, a bodysuit. <laughs> I think he still wears a bodysuit. I just, I guess it's like you get the reason why, and I guess it's like people are like, oh, just let it go, you know, it's not that big a deal, and I'm like, but, but it, it, it is, but it right, isn't, I'm, you know what I'm I mean? Gonna say, I'm going to say it right now, right? Like, on the, this, <laughs> we are slowly going into, like, a, like, let's <laughs> now be critical, but, you know, it's very needed, I feel like, sometimes. Like, as women, right, we have boobs. <laughs> and when you try running with boobs, boobs sometimes hurt, which is why athletes wear, like, sports bras and, like, some women, like, I knew someone who was a dancer, right? She wore, like, two or three sports bras, you know, to, like, keep everything in place, you know? So it's, like, if it hurts people just, like, doing, like, running or dancing and everything, how do you think they feel when they're fighting fucking crime and, like, their tits are plopping out? (laughs) Oh, my God. that's how you know that, like, a woman wasn't involved in, like, the costume designs. Because I wouldn't be like, that's not practical. <laughs> <laughs> practical. It's true, though. But um, I, but going back to Black Canary, I do love that you put her down. Because um, I'm not overly familiar with her character, right? Like, I saw Birds of Prey, and I liked her in that. Um, and I never really watched The Arrow. But one of my favorite things, and it's not necessarily like Black Canary, but I guess there's a version of her called Black Siren. Oh, Is that shit, correct? I don't remember. It's kind of like the Elseworlds, like evil version of her. So um, in The Flash, like in season two, they had a crossover episode where Remember Zoom? Remember the character Zoom? And he was from another world, and he was, like, this bad guy and everything. And and one of his, like, henchmen or hench people um, was a, like, bad version of Black Canary called Black Siren. And she was badass. And her, like, powers, you know, like, it was legit. And at the time, people were, like, you know, this is the only time we've got to see, like, the Arrowverse, like, do, like, the Canary Cry decently was through Black Siren. Oh, it's great. It's a phenomenal episode, and I really liked her character, so I'm like, I kind of like the evil version of Black Canary. <laughs> I know. Like, what is the villains are more fun, Tia. The villains are more fun, but um, I do love you putting down Black Canary. I feel like she's a character that means a lot to people. Like, people really love Black Canary. I just thought she was so cool. Um, it's a very easy costume. I feel like you should be that next time there's a New York Comic Con. A New York Comic Con. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to wear the fishnets or anything, you can be the Birds of Prey version. <laughs> I haven't seen Birds of Prey. I need to though. Or is, I mean, it, or is it a or is it one of those things? Yeah, you can, but you could also go your entire life without watching it. Well, I put it on our list, I think, what, last week or something? Um, we talked about, like, good characters and bad movies. Yeah. And, like, Birds of Prey was just okay. Um, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was obviously amazing. And I think then, like, the second standout in that film was Black Canary, Journey Smollett as Black Canary. Um, and she did, like... As much as I disliked Huntress, I disliked Cassandra Kane. I feel like if you could pull out 
uh, Harley Quinn and Black Canary from that movie, then you're set because they were good. Um, it was just kind of like everyone else. <laughs> you're like, you suck. You're good. You know, like when chat, when I start chatting, I'm like, you're cool. You're fuck you. You're all right. You know, like going yeah. through the name of who's not. Yes, I love it. But um, what you gonna call it? Yeah. So eight is Black Canary. I'll go with number seven. I'm trying to look at my list now because I'm like. How do I want to do this? And yada, 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 yada. Um, <laughs> now I know that feeling. I, I looked at it and I was like, man, I hope I don't run out. But you know what's funny is like the fact of worrying about running out. Because if I'm thinking about TV show, there is not a huge amount of female superheroes that have had an adaption yet. Yeah. So, no, there's. There's lots. We can we're we're good. And I got a huge list too. Um I'm gonna put down I'm gonna put down Valkyrie. I'm gonna put down Ooh, Valkyrie. Good. Um, you know, I didn't know much about the Valkyrie in the comics. Um I had seen like someone do a cosplay one time of Valkyrie and that was probably about it. And this was before like Thor Ragnarok. So then when Tessa Thompson got um, cast as Valkyrie, I was like, cool, I've seen this actress in Westworld, so that's awesome. And again, I don't know really anything about Valkyrie. Um, and then we are given Thor Ragnarok, and it's like, I love it, you know. I was talking about this last night on our review for WandaVision, but it's like the Valkyrie are super strong in general, right? Like so sure. much that – like, so much that they were the people sent to go fight against Hela, who's so strong. And it's like Odin just felt like this is his, you know, team that could defeat this, you know, uh, powerful person. Um, and the fact that, like, Thor, you know, revered the Valkyrie and even said he wanted to be the Valkyrie, even though the Valkyrie were, you know, women. He was like, I want to be a Valkyrie. Um, no, and even buddy. And even Loki at some point, like, when he realizes, like, she's a Valkyrie, it's kind of like, you're a Valkyrie, you know? Yeah. Um, So it's like everyone knows, like, how revered of warriors that these groups, uh, this group is. Um, But, you know, just to see, like, this Valkyrie's um, abilities, I mean, the fact that she could chug, like, a whole thing of alcohol and, like, stand was awesome. Um, She's, like. She was, like, going ham on it. She's flinging people around. Like, her first introduction, she just, like, takes someone by, like, the scruff of their neck and, like, fling them. You know, she's, like, battling against everyone and everything. She's jumping from ship to ship. I mean, so amazing. Um, So you have, like, this whole thing in Ragnarok. We just have this display of how badass and, like, strong she is and all that. I mean, um, and then in Endgame. You know, she's, like, leading the charge on her freaking, like, Pegasus, pretty much. And the fact that Thor picked her to be, like, the next ruler of Asgard. I'm just, like, she's strong. She's fucking powerful. Um, and I love Spider-Man her. And I can't wait to see her. Moms. Hmm? The scene with Spider-Man and his moms get me every time. Oh, my God. I love her. Hi, Peter. <laughs> what'd you say where doesn't she like grab him and put him on the pegasus and he instantly goes into like let me introduce myself mode <laughs> yes. yes like i think it's like uh i think he actually like doesn't he like uh not swing up to her but like attaches up to her or does she scoop him up i can't remember 
He like does his web slinging because he's trying to get the you know the the glove right to Ant Man, but then his like web gets like cut, and then she like swoops up and grabs him so he doesn't fall and like puts him on her Pegasus and everything. He's like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, this is it's cute. So cute. <laughs> but um, I just love Valkyrie, and my thing about Valkyrie that I love the most is like I felt slightly very slightly in Ragnarok that maybe they were going to go in like the romantic route with her and Thor but then it was just kind of like no they're just like badass friends and I like that I appreciate that I do too because I felt like uh, you know that sounds like better off as friends wait it's like well never mind it's proving an opposite point there's a son that used to be as better off as lovers and not the other way around but i wanted to do the reverse of that of better off as friends and not as lovers not for nothing you know how much i disliked the ship of bruce banner and natasha right i hated it but i would i think bruce banner and valkyrie is the uh is the ship we need to get on board because you remember now so huh the chance. What did you say? I said Black Widow's dead now, so you stop that. You stop that. I'm just <laughs> saying in Ragnarok, in Ragnarok, Hulk and Valkyrie got along really well, and then when Hulk became Bruce, it's like remember they kept staring at each other, and she's like, "I feel like I know you," and he's like, "I feel like I know you," and he even said to Thor, "Like, who is that? She's so beautiful." <laughs> it's like, are you cheating, Bruce Banner? <laughs> He was simping. <laughs> he, was, he was simping. Oh, my. What's, what cracks me up with Tia lately is, like, I can tell you're, like, picking up on the lingo now, and you'll say something, and I'm like, you have spent too long on TikTok now. I, I, I see what you've been doing with your free time. That's exactly what I've been doing with my free time. But, yeah, so Valkyrie is definitely number seven. She is super strong. She is now, I believe, what, the king of Asgard? So it's like yes, um, and we're gonna see her, really, and we're going to see her in Thor: Love and Thunder again, and I'm super stoked for that. Oh, too. I just she deserves all the screen time she can get. Exactly. So yeah, that's my number seven, Brittany. What's your number six? I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Black Widow. Yes. Yes. No, I love her because when she first showed up, I think she showed, like, it's like, yes, she was, like, seductive. And there's nothing wrong with being seductive. But she used it to her advantage. Like, she was fully aware of how easy men could be, especially, like, because she tricked Tony with her looks. (laughs) She had Tony eating out of the palm of her hand. (laughs) Everybody was simping for her. And so it's like, I don't know, I just really, I don't know, I miss her a lot, and I'm sad that they're like, yeah, we finally gave you a movie, but, you know, we already killed her off, so it goes back to the, are you really going to be fully attached type feeling, because mm-hmm. she's dead, but uh, just so I can remind you, you know, that she's dead, since I've said that a million times, and you said hush, but uh, I don't know, I just, I really appreciate that it's like, she felt like a normal woman that was able to, like, finesse these men, even though you find out she probably had the serum in her. Isn't that right? 
Well, so that's a thing in the comics that they never really explored in the movies, which maybe they will explore in the fucking Black Widow movie, you know, if we ever get it. Um, (laughs) But I think that's in the comics. Like, I don't think she's, like, fully injected, say, like, Captain America or even, like, the Red Guardian or um, Winter Soldier. But I think she has, like, a little bit of it, enough to, like, make it where – because in the comics, Black Widow is, like – from like the cold war like she's old you know so the serum has prevented like her aging pretty much well that would make sense because you know with her knowing uh the winter soldier yeah exactly which i still have didn't he help train her or was it the other way around so in the comics there is a slight um there's a small um storyline where they do train together once he's, like, brought into, say, like, the Winter Soldier program, which I think they they never fully explored in the movies, but they hinted at it because, remember, in Civil War when he's, like, choking her out and she's like, you can at least remember me? I'm like, to me, I always thought that that was supposed to be a nod to that whole thing because they were lovers for a brief second in the comics. Well... She does, like, uh, she did, like, uh, oh, Steve, so it, it could make sense. <laughs> did you know in the comics she also dated Tony for a hot second, too? So I think that whole oh, thing in Iron Man, I think that whole thing in Iron Man 2 with her, with him, like, drooling over her was kind of supposed to be, like, a nod to that. Like, oh, yeah, they, they did date at some point. We're not going to do it here because he's with Pepper. But, no, but we're gonna have him like know. rule over her. <laughs> no, he was he was simping, Tia. He was simping for her. And you know what? To be fair, I would too. Like the thing with um Natasha when she was introduced, it was like, you know, we didn't have a female superhero at that point. And even though in like the context of the movies, because they haven't explored it yet, she's like just really a normal quote unquote person, she can hold her own. She's a badass fighter. Um, my One of my favorite scenes of hers is in Iron Man 2. I don't know if you remember it, but it's, like, when she goes to, like, the boxing ring where Tony and Happy are boxing. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, go into the ring with Happy. Let him show you a few things. And she just fucking, like, jumps and, like, squeezes her thighs around his neck and, like, slams them against the mat. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, she totally needs someone to show her what to do. <laughs> the best day of his life to be fair <laughs> Wait, and then the best is in that movie when they go into like the facility and they're like all right let's split up and like let's you know do things and natasha takes out like 10 guys and happy spends the whole time just fighting off one dude and he feels so accomplished when he finally beats the guy and it's like good, good job happy good job, good job happy. we believed in you bud you're good <laughs> but yeah, no, Black Widow, like, I love her. I'm, you know, I'm happy that she's getting her own movie, but it should have happened, like, ten years ago. Um, Black Widow relevant. Well, you know, that's what I thought they were going to do when they introduced her. I'm like, that's what they do. They introduce these characters in other movies, and then these characters get their solo movies. And then she didn't get her solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Hawkeye never got his movie either. Shut up. He's getting a whole series on himself. So, oh, my gosh. But, um, I was watching this TikTok where this guy, like, I, I won't, 
I will fully go into it, but it was this guy saying, like, he could guess your sexuality by, like, your favorite Marvel character, right? <laughs> and he got on to Hawkeye, and he said, never mind, you don't even exist. There's no one who has Hawkeye as their favorite character, and so he completely skipped that part. Don't say that to the people who literally sent me death threats over that I shit. I know, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God, but, um... <laughs> Crazy, though. That's yeah. why. I'm here. But um, what was I gonna say? No, I mean, listen, Natasha is definitely a strong adventurer. We've seen her fight this whole entire time, go toe to toe with anyone who comes in her way. You know, she's gone up against Brock. She's gone up against you know the Winter Soldier. She's you know fought freaking aliens and you know mechanical beings and shit like that. And she just you know. She, Brock she was better. Hmm? Brock deserved better. <laughs> he was a villain, Brittany. <laughs> but we love the villains. I can't help it. I know, I know. But um no, Black Widow is a great um person for this list. She is definitely a strong superhero and I can't wait for freaking the Black Widow movie just to see Natasha more and to see Red Guardian. And um, I believe, what was I going to say? I believe that the Black Widow movie is not only supposed to be like a tribute to Natasha, but also an introduction as Yelena to be the Black Widow. Because, you know, not only is she going to be in the movie, but she's been confirmed that she's popping up in the Hawkeye series. So it's like, this is probably going to be our Black Widow moving forward. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it, too, because I really like Florence Pugh. I think she's a really great actress. Um, She's one of, like, the young actresses that is going to have a really great long career, hopefully, in Hollywood. Um, And from what I saw in the trailers, her Black Widow looks great as well. So, yeah. Uh (laughs) I'm fine with this. I'm okay with it. As long as we have some Black Widow, I'm okay. Um, da, 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 let me see my list. Let me da da da. <sighs> did you have coffee this morning, Brittany? I had coffee, but I want I more. did not have coffee. I had nightmares of the kittens getting ran over, <laughs> and that's all I had. I did not sleep well last night. I went to bed at like 10 or 10.30, and I felt like death. Like death. Um, Sorry to hear that. Um, I'm going to pick... How many spots do I have left? Hang on. Do you do that where you're like, wait, let me see. How many spots do I have left? I get to where I'm just enjoying the conversation that I don't remember what, like, number we're on. We're on number five, which is mine. Um, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put her. I don't know if she's on your list or anything like that, but I'm gonna put Storm. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. And you know, so never mind. There's more female heroes than I thought. <laughs> um, this is based on like the Halle Berry Storm and the cartoon Storms, because I haven't watched the recent X Men movies with the new actress that played Storm. Um, to me, growing up, Halle Berry was my storm. Like, that's who my storm was. 
And I think that any person who can literally control weather is pretty fucking strong. <laughs> right? Right? Like, the fact that she can literally control the weather, determine if it rains, you know, thunders. I mean, like, how does that sort of power even work? Um, She's like straight up Odin. Right, right. Oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> They're meeting right. Odin. It's like he's like, "I'm a god," and she's like, Psh, "I do that on my days off." What are you talking right. about? <laughs> um. So I, I loved it. Um. I loved Halle Berry as Storm. I loved Storm in. Remember X Men Evolution? Like that's the X Men show that I grew up on, and that I based like so much of what in my mind that the X-Men are supposed to be based on like, say that part. She lost her powers. Like uh, mystique did. I forget now. Like I forget a lot of the new degrees. It's the one where like they, like a lot of them were in high school. Like Nightcrawler was in high school. Rogue was in high school. Jean Grey and like Cyclops were high school students and all that. Um, I don't know. I just liked it. I, I, I liked it a lot. Like Rogue was my favorite character in that show in X-Men Evolution. Oh, but um TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um but what you call so like to me I'm just like Storm is so powerful and it's like I can't wait to see that sort of like individual introduced into the MCU because it's like the visuals are going to be amazing. Um, I love when her eyes go all white and she just freaking commands the weather to do her bidding. Oh, so powerful. Uh, she was just like always very strong, but she was also very calm. But I guess it's almost like the calm before the storm. But uh, <laughs> That is true. Storm was definitely um, like... What am I trying to say here? She was definitely the reasonable um, voice. She was a voice of reason in that house, right? You have Professor X. You have Wolverine, who's very brash. um, And she always felt like the very level-headed one to make the decisions, um, whereas, you know, others may be a little more hot-headed. She was a lot more probably motherly, too, where it was more of like a calmer hand with them. You know what I didn't know, by the way, um, just because I guess they couldn't have ever shown it before on screen due to, like, you know, the Fox and Disney properties. Um, did you know in the comics, like, Storm and T'Challa were a thing? I did not, but I wish we would have got that now. Me too. I'm like, oh, that would have been so great. I had no idea. Like, apparently that's like... Powers to make it rain. What did you say? I was saying that wouldn't make sense because, you know, she is from Africa. She was, uh, she would make it rain. Or that right. was the whole thing with her. Yeah, like, wasn't that a thing that she was, like, her herself was supposed to be almost this, like, goddess herself. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no. Right. So fucking cool. Um, I, you know me, like, I really want Yatede but, uh, Badaki from American Gods to play Storm. I think she would be a phenomenal storm in the MCU, and she wants it. Like, she wants that role. Um, remember in season two of American Gods when they go backstage and you see Bilquis with her, like, eyes going, like, amber and all that? Um, to me, I was so like... Cool. 
to me, that was like, that looks like Storm. You know, just replace the amber with white <laughs> and just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hmm? I, just, I wish, like, I'm just ready to see a reboot of things. And I know it's like we kind of hit the age of reboots, but I feel like in some ways it's like, why let those ideas go to waste? Because nostalgia tells us those movies were awesome, amazing, but I know that they weren't, but I still appreciate them. You can appreciate them for, like, what they were. You know, I appreciate the original X-Men trilogy, but if you go back and watch it, some of it is god-awful. It's campy, um, the costumes don't look all that great, and, you know, so... It obviously was just a movie. Like back then, it's they they did movies where they said that they were X Men because they knew that was going to get asses in the seats, right? But they didn't really care to be say comic book accurate or even put really a lot of effort. They were like, we're just going to say like, hey, look, there's X Men and shit, and you're going to come watch it because you love the X Men, right? And you're just going to like get whatever we feed you. Um, I really felt like they would never make this kind of like comic book hero movies because I don't think they were very big and you even see nowadays where people still seem to like frown on superhero movies and not count them as quote-unquote real movies I never understood that like no disrespect to Martin Scorsese he's one of the greatest directors of all time but it's like this whole snobbish attitude of superhero movies aren't movies it's like have you watched them just because they have costumes and aliens and they punch a little? There's, like, emotions, there's real-life things, you know, that go on that they touch upon that it's, like, that you can't see that within these films. It's kind of just feels like as if, you know, you're upset that your type of movies that you've been making so long are not, like, the current trend. And it's, like, you know, how did you think directors felt when they went away from westerns you know westerns were a huge thing and now people really don't watch westerns anymore it's like how do you think those directors felt it's like you know your movie isn't you know your genre movie isn't what defines cinema cinema is what anyone thinks cinema is this whole like snobbish attitude like i only watch real movies like the ones that are so obscure that only 10 people in the world have ever seen it i'm one of them you know, <laughs> yeah, like, good for you, the, people, the people who are like, I go to art house m- movie theaters, you know, in obscure places where, you know, I have to spend $40 to, you know, pay for a ticket and everything. I don't know. There's just like this whole snobbish attitude of like, I watch real cinema. And it's like, like how I feel whenever uh, my French professor is like, oh, you know, you know, we're going to watch these like French movies and stuff. And I'm like. I get it, but I also don't know anything about these. I don't know what this is. Well, also, like, I mean, I think you can appreciate all of them, right? Like, I've I've watched uh, art house movies, and I've appreciated them. I've watched old movies, classic movies, uh, watched indie movies. I love indie movies. And it's like, I think you can love all of them and say that all of them are cinema, because they are. (laughs) Like, they're all made with cameras they all have actors in them like their movies are movies you know just because 
maybe it's not as highbrow as you would like it to be does it make it not cinema i don't know that's just such a spiel and it's like again people like martin scorsese can think whatever he wants i still think he's a great director there are some people who sit there and go i'm never going to watch anything of his again it's like no he's he's fully allowed to have the opinion that he has i just think that it's a little standoffish that sort of opinion but that's just me that's just my opinion I'm just I don't know I'm just saying it 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 just bothers me it's like no, you're, I take, agree. you're taking away from what people want out of movies and that's to be entertained I don't think there's a thing I don't think it's wrong to want to be entertained people are like oh you just you know take what they feed you and everything it's like yeah like I have like difficult weeks that I'm stressed and work and I want to spend, you know, two hours like enjoying something that I'm watching. <laughs> I feel like that's just like along the vein of like cooks and stuff where they're like, take five seconds out of your day to make an amazing meal. And I'm like, I get it. But I also don't have time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, I, to me, I, that is true. That probably is the same thing with like cooks. It's like, um, People kind of, do you, God, did you ever watch on the Food Network, there was this woman, Sandra Lee. Did you ever watch her? I, don't, uh, I know who you're talking about, but I have not seen her. Her whole cooking spiel was semi-homemade, right? So it's like she's making meals, but like, you know, taking shortcuts. You know, maybe she's not actually making the marinara sauce from scratch. Maybe she's not making like a pie crust from scratch, you know? Maybe she's getting like store-bought pie crust, you know, but like still making it. Because it's like, I appreciate that. That's, you know, speaking to people who maybe don't have as much time to do things but still want to make, like, a home-cooked meal. But I'm sure there are people like, no, if you're not actually making your own pasta, it's not real food. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Sandra Lee also was great because every episode she made a cocktail and she literally was, like, put the whole bottle of vodka in something. She'd be like, she's like, now... I'm just going to put a tiny amount in here and, like, pours half of the oh, fucking no. thing. <laughs> it's like, Sandra, that's not that's not a little. It's <laughs> a splash, Tia. It's cool. It's a splash. <laughs> um, so that was the funny thing. With people and they'll be like, oh, just, just a little bit. And they're like, don't let her pour the shots. So I'm like, mm, yes. Well, that's like, okay, really quick story time. When I was working at, I've said that I've worked at a catering hall before, right? And even though I was primarily the waitress at this catering hall, um, there were some parties like brunches where, you know, I was put as the bartender because, you know, it's super simple. You know, you do soda and like brunches, the drinks are mimosas, bellinis, and like Bloody Marys. Simple, right? So. I was told when you do a mimosa, you put like a little bit of champagne and then the rest is orange juice. And the amount of champagne you're supposed to put in is like half of a shot glass. But me, I'm putting like half of the thing as champagne and the rest is like orange juice. I'm like, here you go, guys. Have fun. Go get drunk. (laughs) You're just trying to get tipped well. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what I'm going to give them primarily, like, orange juice with a splash of champagne? No. It's, you know, if you go to a brunch thing, right, and it's like you're drinking for free, you want to get fucked up. So I'm like, here you go. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Oh, my God. Like, I'll treat you well. Yeah, and I did get tipped very well, so there you go. But, um, so, yeah, Storm is my number five. Brittany, what's your number four? 
I'm going to go with Raven from Teen Titans. At first, I was like, Raven? I was like, yes. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which Raven did you think? No, I just, I, I didn't realize, like, at first, my brain was like, Raven? Who's Raven? And then it, it clicked, it clicked. I was obsessed with Raven growing up because, I, one, you know, she was emo, so, you know, being a little angsty little idiot, I was like, oh, yes, she's, she is, she's bae, she's, uh, she's everything, she's goals, but I thought she was so cool because, you know, the, what did she go, like, Azeroth, Mitrios, uh, Zenthos or something like that, like, she'd always have, like, her spell, but it was so nice seeing in the, the show where it's, like, where she ends up with Beast Boy, who you think that she would not end up with because he's so, like, high energy, and she's very uh, not high energy. Yeah, the opposite. <laughs> but then you find out her father is like an arch demon. He's like some crazy evil monster. And you're realizing, dude, okay, you've got that inside of you. And I think that's what you're finding out is that she's fighting those e- e- like those inner demons where it's like you are part monster even you know what I mean like not like that I think she's a monster but that's probably how she feels throughout the entirety of the show and it's just like oh it was so good it was so good because she was so intense but kind of like she was almost having her own secret where it's like oh this is really lighthearted until you realize you know Robin's seen shit because he was with Batman and it's like he feels responsible you know, he feels like he has the weight of, like, Batman on him, and you're realizing, oh, the other kids do, too. Um, I really liked the Teen Titans cartoon growing up. I didn't watch Teen Titans Go because I didn't like the change in the oh, animation I style. Don't watch it. It's not even the same. It doesn't okay. make sense. Okay, good. It, it's Dragon Ball GT, apparently. Um, yeah. But I really liked the original Teen Titans cartoon. I loved the animation style, the um, stories, how the characters were. And I really liked Raven, how she was very much to herself. Um, And as you said, growing up as, like, the goth kid, you kind of, like, love her aesthetic. But realize how... So good. But realize, like, how powerful she is because she has this sort of demonic power to her Um, because in that cartoon, I mean, she did a lot that really kind of um, whatchamacallit it, help me out here. She did a lot that was like unbelievable pretty much. Would you say that? Her powers were so insane. It was like, you know, but I don't think she would fully realize because she was always reading like spell books and things like things to help her get stronger, at least, almost control herself which has been a long time since i've seen it so don't fool me fully hold me to it but i do remember that she was just freaking like op no yeah and that's what i remember as well i i remember that to me i felt like she was the strongest out of that group but she reserved herself a lot so it didn't outwardly show always but, you know, you have any character that can mani- manipulate reality the way that she could, and that's how do you defeat that, really? Yeah, she, she, well, basically, like I said, like, her father was supposed to bring, like, Ragnarok, basically. 
Yeah, so um, they have, like, their live-action Titans show now, which was on the DC Universe and now will be on HBO Max. I watched the first season of it, um, and maybe I – did I watch a li- – yeah, I watched the first season, and I think I watched a little bit of the second season as well. I wasn't the biggest fan of how they decided to portray Raven. She much more seemed like – um the oh, how do I say this like the high school like emo child or something I don't know even though like she's you know we're saying emo and everything it's not like that like in the cartoon it was like aloof kind of and this yeah. one's more like e- she angry shy, shy you know and oh, like okay it okay. kind of like it's like one of those things where you know you got someone who dyed their hair black and is wearing fishnets and, you know, all the stuff of the goth, but they're not really, they're, they're still, they're still soft, <laughs> which is not like an insult. Describing it. It's like, you know, they look the aesthetic, but they don't act the aesthetic, you know, yeah. like that's what always felt so poser cool. to you. Are they a poser? That's what felt so cool to me about the cartoon is how aloof she was. Right. But in this one, it was like, um, you know, she just never felt the way that she looked, and if you know, she's so powerful. But if anything was felt as if she was being taken care of by the older members of the Titans, because in this show they're not all teens. You know, it's like really yeah. Raven was the teen, and all of them are like young adults, maybe in their mid twenties, some even to their thirties, and it's like. So she felt as if she was always being saved by the other members of the Titans where it's like, but her powers are supposed to be so much more powerful than the others. You know, because in the show, you know, she was, she could handle herself. Because that was the thing was her having to learn to trust people to even, you know, let them in. Yeah, I mean, the whole first season, um, there was like a demon inside of her. So it was always like fighting against her, like, scared because of this demon that's inside her that would take over and all that so it just it didn't feel how i grew up being used to raven yeah and what's hard is it may you know me not knowing it could be more comic book accurate but that doesn't mean i like it yeah exactly exactly so um but regardless i think that putting raven here is a good a good choice um because i remember Teen Titans very fondly. Um, that's how I, I even got introduced to like Cyborg, um, you know, Starfire, Beast Boy, um, and to me, it's like that cartoon is what I have in my head as the Teen Titans. Teen Titans was so good, though. I, I wish they would like reboot it. Why did they bother with Teen Titans Go? I don't understand that. Like, who asked for that? When they came out with that, I was like, wait, no. When we said we wanted more Teen Titans, we didn't mean this. <laughs> we did not mean this. Not what we meant. No, I don't know what they were thinking, but I didn't like it. Whatever drugs they were on were not good. I better say, whatever drugs they are on, I do not want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't approve. Um, but great choice for the number four. I'm going to get number three, and I am going to do Gamora. Um, oh, shit, that's a good one. 
I love Gamora since the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I loved her whole backstory where she too was very like reserved and um, to herself because of who she is being the daughter of Thanos, all the trauma that she went through growing up and then also how people view her. Um, but I loved like her her fighting style, how she was able to get one up on, you know, Peter Quill and, um, you know, the fact that she was so revered in that prison and everything. And then, um, you know, her fighting style is just great. She was able to like hold her own. Um, and I kind of got like the gist of how strong she was in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if you remember that very well. But remember when she's fighting against Nebula and she literally picks up like an engine blaster from the ship on her shoulder. Oh, yeah, she's crazy strong. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> they're supposed to be, like, genetically altered, you know? But holy shit, I was like, I didn't know she was, like, Superman over here. <laughs> and, I mean, it could be, like, a two-part, too, because, like, Nebula is also very strong as well. But, like, Gamora, I just always just loved her as this person in the group of like, you know, she felt so much, I'm going to say she felt so much more than like the token woman in the group, you know? Yeah. She um, was like, fierce. like she was definitely stronger than star Lord. Fuck. Yeah. She was stronger than star. And I, I love star. I know it's like technically he would have before because of who his father was, but, but then he gave that up. You know, then he gave that up. So it's like, does he actually have those powers? I don't know. It would have been cool. I will say that was the one thing. Like, I loved him defeating his father in the second movie. But I also thought, wow, that would have been so cool if you would have been able to, like, upgrade. Hmm? He needed an upgrade. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do wish that that stayed. But Gamora was just so strong. Um, and not only, like, strong physically, but strong, like, emotionally, like, just the things that she had to, like, put up throughout the years, you know, the fact that she was able to, like, forgive Nebula, you know, and want to have this, like, sister relationship with Nebula, even though everything they've been through, right, um, the fact that, like, she literally, um, you know, told Star-Lord to kill her in order to, like, help save the world and shit like that you know i mean i'm still upset that thanos literally like yeeted her off of that fucking cliff i was like no i'm sorry little one (laughs) no i it's like no that no (laughs) that's not sweet that's not apologetic that's toxic and abusive I'm not, I'm not saying no to you. I'm not saying no to you. I'm saying no to the other people. <laughs> you said you were sorry before you killed her, so it's fine. Yeah, sure if I ever kill you, I'll, I'll apologize beforehand. That'll get me off the off I'll the, off the <laughs> It's like, oh, she said she said sorry. I mean, she was apologetic, so you know we can't do anything. Um, <laughs> but um. I'm very happy that they brought Gamora back, even though it's not the right Gamora. Um, But what you calls it, I still appreciate having her back just because she's a strong character. I love Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana is the sci-fi queen. She's played Gamora. She's played Lieutenant Uhura. She's played an avatar. She's in fucking everything. 
everything big she's in. Yeah, right? She's been in, like, one blockbuster movie after a while. After another, sorry. And she deserves it. She deserves it. her manager, because that dude or girl is, like, really setting her up. Right? It's like, Zoe, I got this other one for you. And it's like, is it a multi-billion dollar project? It's like, yeah. It's like, sign me up. Sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I love Gamora. I love her. Um, She's just such a strong character. And um, you know what I also loved? I just loved how she was just so, like, I don't even know who any of these people are in Endgame, but I'm going to fight alongside them because fuck that guy in regards to Thanos. (laughs) At least they got Gamora at a point where she was already disloyal to Thanos, like already trying to make something better. Right, right, exactly. Um, like, she easily was like, okay, you're Nebula from the future, um, and apparently we're cool now, because that's awesome, and now we gotta defeat You're right, like, she was disloyal to him, she was already, like, setting the seeds up. Do you not think it was, like, poetic that Nebula killed herself, though? Like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of loved, <laughs> I kind of loved it. <laughs> Right, because it's almost like killing her past self, you know, I mean, which technically she did do, but you know what I mean, the symbolism oh, of it. The symbolism, but that's like, that's how much Nebula is like, fuck that bitch, but that bitch is you, yeah, it's, that's why I'm saying fuck that bitch. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> um, talk about, by the way, I feel like no one really talks about, like, the transformation Nebula has gone through. Like, that is an amazing arc, and we don't talk about it enough, where this, like, character went from being this evil person that we hated to being, like, sympathetic and really, like, caring. Like, did you not think that she and Rhodey had this bomb-ass friendship in Endgame? I was like, holy shit, they are friends, and I love it. (laughs) That's like when she hated, uh... Oh, who was it? Where she was like, watch out, there's an idiot. On the- <laughs> With Ant-Man. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. And she was talking to Rhodey. She was like, warning, Rhodey, there's an idiot here. <laughs> oh, my like God. She had, she had to let Rhodey know that. She was like, right. you have to. <laughs> I thought that oh. was so cute, though. I, I thought it was cute when Hulk um gave Ant-Man more tacos because Rhodey ruined his tacos. <laughs> Did you not think that, like, the Hulk became so full of himself, though? Like, he was so, like, confident. Like, yes, I am the strongest Avenger, as we see is not going to be completely true, but you have it, I mean. I thought it was funny when they were in the diner and the kids are coming and he's like, Hulk out, yeah, take pictures with me, I'm awesome. And he's like, oh, do you want to, like, say hi to this little puny Ant-Man? No? No? Okay, cool. Say, Tell your mom I said hi. <laughs> oh, poor Ant-Man, when in reality, like, didn't technically Scott Lang save the world? I mean, they didn't know what they were doing until Scott came back from the quantum realm and was like, hey, we could actually, like, bring everyone back right he doesn't get the the this time he deserves no he doesn't scott lang is king king oh my god <laughs> tell us how you really feel i mean i do actually really love scott lang <laughs> he's pretty cool i mean i can't wait for his third movie 
with the Wasp, who is also a strong female superhero. No, uh, like honorable mention right there. Honorable mention right there. But yeah, so Gamora is my number three. Brittany, what is your number two? Well, it's the number two for the list. Technically, you're number one. I'm going to deal with this one because I I know it's going to be your number one, or at least what I'm assuming for. So I'm going to go with someone that's pretty fucking strong, too, that I just think. It's like, I, I try to find the word for it. The movie was good, but I hope it, that they can make her next movie even better, you know? But I'm going to go with Captain Marvel. I was like, if you don't go at Captain Marvel, it's like that's your um, that's your avatar. <laughs> like, like cosplay, but like my thing is, is like, dude, when you're like bringing up strong, like strong, she fucking blew a hole through Thanos's like <laughs> warship with just her fucking body. She just intensely threw flew through it. Which by I mean, the way. Can I step in before you go? Because I want to hear everything I have to say. But I hear some people who say, like, oh, Captain Marvel didn't do anything in Endgame. Like, can Captain America, like, literally go through a ship? Like, please tell me which one out of the Avengers can, like, use their body to, like, go through a ship. Just tell me. Yeah, like, that was the thing. It's, like, and they needed those ships gone because they were going to power up and, like, annihilate again. Because remember when Wanda was, like, fighting Thanos like she could have won but that ship powered up and about killed her exactly yeah so that was the reason Captain Marvel but I just thought it was so cool I love her outfit I love her I feel like she's very like intense and I I people fucking hate her though like I don't hate her but dude she's got so much hate on the internet like it's insane did you see that there's this guy called the quartering who has literally oh, yeah, made like I think they said he's made like over ninety videos on Brie Larson. It's like bro Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love listening to commentators. You know, Leafy got banned because of talking about Pokey over and over and over again, right? Because yeah. that's why we start implementing the rule that like Hey, you know, you can make videos on people, but if you start intensely just doing it over and over and over again, which, uh, you know, with that as the subject, but there's people that have made a living off of talking about Logan Paul and Jake Paul. And I felt like the quartering, like, hyper fixating on Brie Larson is, like, going to get him in bad trouble eventually. Well, just because, like, I'll mention this really quick, because, again, you know how much I love the H3H3 podcast, um, um, and they do something where they call it, like, content court, where they, like, dedicate a whole episode, like, talking about certain people and, like, all the shit that they've done that's, like, sketchy, and there's literally a content court episode about the quartering where the quartering, like, says that from all the money that he made on, like, all of his Brie Larson videos, he, like, bought a shed and calls it the Brie Larson shed. And I think that's really strange. It's like, like, I can't see what she's doing so bad that he just hates so badly. 
to me, and this is my opinion, again, I want us to go back to just how amazing, like, Captain Marvel is, but the thing that I feel like that started all of it is Brie Larson literally saying that she wanted to see other people review her movie other than cisgendered white men. And the reason why she was just saying that is just saying that there's not a whole lot of critics who aren't white guys. And she wasn't even saying, like, I hate white guys. She was just saying, I want to give opportunities to, like, you know, get a full, like, opinion based on real people that make up this world, right? Like, that's what she was saying. And that's been, like, a long criticism of, say, uh, movie reviewers who do things for, like, the Academy Awards and stuff is that there's not a whole lot of diversity. So all she was saying is that she'd love to see more diversity in the people who review her movies. She never really said anything bad, but then all of a sudden people took it so poorly, like the quartering saying that, like, oh, I'm not going to watch Captain Marvel because she said this isn't a movie for me. She said as a white guy, um, you know, she doesn't want me to see this movie. And I just didn't take it like that. And this is coming from someone who's white. Like, I didn't take it like that. She was just asking for more diversity. But they took it very uh, oppositely. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I felt like it is. But going back to Captain Marvel, um, yes, please, please continue. I just was like, she, I loved, like, I did love, though, that she was very, like, not in control of her powers, almost, like, stagnated until she fully realizes what she is in the past. And, like, she has that awakening moment of, I'm just a girl. So, oh, I was, I that. dude, that's pretty intense. Like, say what you will about the movie, because I do think there's better ones out there, but that scene gave me chills. I was like, yes, yes, queen. And do you know there's some people who are like, that scene is so cringe. And I was like, are you kidding me? That was like my fucking girl power anthem growing uh-huh. up and you're gonna put it in this movie when she realizes that the fucking like you know braces are off of her nah that hit man that was amazing it's a no for me dog <laughs> um did you have anything else you wanted to say or can i like share my opinion share your opinion girl so I really love um, Captain Marvel. I was super excited at the end of Infinity War when you saw Nick Fury, like, paging her. And I didn't even really know the character, but I was like, oh, my God, Captain Marvel's coming. Um, and then we see the movie, and it's like, I agree, like, the movie could be better, but I think it's just fine. You know, I've rewatched it several yeah. times, and I'm like, I don't hate it. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, it could be better. It definitely could have been better. I think the problem is that there were two directors, um, you know, there didn't need to be. There could have been just one director, and now we have one director for the next movie, so hopefully things will be more cohesive. But I like Brie Larson as this. Like, people will complain saying, oh, Captain Marvel is so emotionless. It's like, that's the point. She's a Cree. That's their whole thing that they say is that they don't show emotions. Like, that was the whole thing, Jan Rog telling her the entire, like, movie, you know, like, you have to get your emotions in check. We're Cree. We don't do that. And it's like, that's her shit. Um, so, I go ahead. I will- I was going to say really quick, I did like her pointing out when they're like, why can't you just stay here and help? And she's like, 
because this exact you're not the only planet this happened to like to show like this is why i can't be around all the time is because i'm helping other planets too I thought that was great. I thought that easily explained things because you do sit there and go, oh, if Nick Fury knew Captain Marvel since the 90s, why hasn't he called her in? It's like, A, she said only if it's like there's really, like, really, 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 like, dire thing, you know, and you could say, oh, well, the first Avengers. It's like, yeah, but at that point he had already been collecting a team. He didn't need her. Um, And so when Rhodey goes, like, where have you been for the past, like, 25 years? It's like, Space is really big. You're not the only ones. Like, I got to deal with shit. Um, so I thought that really explained it very well. Hmm? Does she not age? No, I don't think she ages due to um, having absorbed that blast and also having Cree blood in her. I think that has slowed her aging down. Um, oh, wait, I was curious because, like, she if she's that, like, much older, she doesn't look like she's aged today. No, I think it's because of a combination of having Cree blood and also um, having absorbed that blast. But in the Captain Marvel movie, like, to me, I she already looks so powerful. And then when she is having that one-on-one with, like, the supreme intelligence and she's breaking away from the restrictions. It's like, holy fuck, you know? She's so powerful. And my favorite scene in that movie is when um, Ronan is, like, staring. And he's, like, you know, she's defeating all of his warheads that he's, like, sending to Earth. And she's just looking at him, and he's like, we'll be back. And and his, like, person is, like, for the weapon. And he's like, the woman. And it's, like, because... That's how powerful she is. What'd you say? Ronan was so good. Ronan deserved more, too. Oh, my God. Well, apparently, and that is another criticism that that I do have about the movie, is that apparently Lee Pace was supposed to be in more of the film, and and then the directors decided to cut the scenes, and I was like, that's, that was a bad decision. That was a bad decision. Should have kept more of him in. But, um, and then, yeah, and then you have her in Endgame where, you know, first of all, she's in the beginning of it, right? She literally, mm-hmm. like, can choke out Thanos, first of all. Um, and then she literally destroys his ships, which, again, like, I don't know why people think that's such, like, an easy thing to do. It's not. Like, she's literally, she's not blasting. She's literally just using her physical body to, like, create a cannonball, you know? I mean, I don't know why people act as if that was nothing. And then she's literally going toe-to-toe with Thanos and literally headbutting. Like, he headbutted her. She didn't even move. She didn't even move. She was just she staring at him. him back. Did she yeah. not headbutt him back? Or yeah, am I no, no, she did. She was just like, oh, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Captain Marvel's super fucking strong. And that was the thing is that I was talking last night, um, and they were saying, you know, how in Thor Ragnarok, Thor was, like, saying that he was the strongest Avenger. And um, someone joked saying, like, oh, man, Thor's going to be pissed because you have Captain Marvel, you have Wanda. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Thor drinks that respect women juice. So, like, he's okay with the fact. <laughs> he's okay with the fact that they're stronger than him. Thor's a sound. He is. I, again, he, he's simping for all these strong women. He's sent for Valkyrie, 
when Captain Marvel came in, remember, he literally is like, I like her. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, what's funny is, like, I know that Jane later on is going to get, like, probably powers and stuff, but I'm also like, for a dude that loves such strong women, you got, like, a mortal woman. <laughs> That's, isn't that what, like, um, Odin said in the Dark World? He was like, why don't you go with Lady Sif? Like, she's right there. She's strong as fuck. And you're going with Jane. <laughs> I, I don't care for Jane. <laughs> That's I, I, don't, I don't either, but I'm hoping that it'll be better. Because, you know, I'll say this. I very much dislike Darcy. I thought she was the most annoying fucking character in the first two Thor movies. But Darcy has been in WandaVision. And I love her in WandaVision. The script, the directing, and everything I think just has changed. And things helped a lot with a lot of these. Right. I mean, Chris Hemsworth as as Thor was never my favorite character in the MCU until Taika Waititi came in and gave us Ragnarok, and it was like, oh my god, I love Thor now. So I do believe that Taika knows what he's doing, and hopefully, will be able to give us something that isn't bad. <laughs> Hopefully. I, I, I believe in him. I, I trust him. I trust him. But yeah, so I love Captain Marvel. I agree. She is a fucking strong ass superhero. I can't wait for the second Captain Marvel. Um, the end of WandaVision definitely, um, you know, teased a little of that. And I want to give out a small honorable mention before I mention my number one. Do you remember in Captain Marvel, um carol's friend maria rambo yes and remember she has a daughter monica yes the little girl that um cap says like uh you know lieutenant trouble gives her a nickname yes so in wandavision monica rambo is like an adult woman right and she's awesome in it and she gets powers and they're fucking great and it's like uh, Monica is definitely going to start becoming a very strong superhero in the future of the MCU. What is she supposed to become? So I, I'm, you know, I'm not too familiar with like the comic books. Apparently, in the comic books she becomes several different characters, and it wasn't like really made apparent if she's going to be a character named Photon or other. You know, there was a couple of others. Um, pretty much, she comes into her powers in Wandavision. Um, but she's pretty much bulletproof because there's at some point a bullet goes into her and it literally like her fucking body looks like it's turning into jelly and like stops the bullet and literally it just like falls out of her and she's like fine. I don't know what that is, what? but I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> but I really like the character of uh, Monica. So it's cool to see this character that we saw as a little girl is now becoming her own. And by the way, there has to be some sort of trouble in paradise between her and Captain Marvel. Because remember in Captain Marvel, she was all over Captain Marvel, like Auntie Carol, love Auntie Carol, this my this my aunt and everything, right? Yeah. But in WandaVision, they bring up Captain Marvel a few times, and Monica kind of dismisses it as like, can we not talk about her? Like, I don't want to talk about her. And it's oh, like, shit. ooh, what happened in these 25 mom- years? Is her mom still alive? Because if her mom was dead, maybe she felt like Captain Marvel could have prevented that. 
Yeah, so that's the theory because her mom did die. So pretty much like um, Monica got snapped away, but her mom didn't. And when like, okay, so like right before Monica got snapped away, uh, Maria had cancer, but she was in remission, right? And then three years into being snapped away, um, the cancer came back and Maria died. So when Monica comes back from being snapped, she's like, where's my mom? And they're like, she died. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, what are you talking about? She was just in remission. Like, I was just here in the hospital, you telling me that she was in remission. And they're like, no, she got cancer again. She died. So, like, a lot of people are guessing, like, is it because Monica felt that Carol wasn't around or anything like that, you know? But I'm telling you, there's clearly something going on because every time they mentioned her in freaking WandaVision, Monica was like, I don't even want to talk about that woman. Stop it. Oh, shit. She probably has a grudge against her for it. I know. I'm so curious. But, um... Let's get down to number one on our top ten strongest female superheroes. Um, I have a few honorable mentions, too, afterwards because there are awesome. So let's go through the list really quick. Before we get to number one, we have Rogue, Jessica Jones, Black Canary, Valkyrie, Black Widow, Storm, Raven, Gamora, Captain Marvel, and the number one, the strongest Avenger is... (laughs) I say that with my full chest is Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> and they call her the Scarlet Witch in WandaVision. Oh, I can wait for that forever. When they said it, I was like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. That, like, she was, like, back in her namesake. That was the, that was the moment. It was fucking amazing. Wanda is truly the strongest Avenger. And I'm going to go quit. And most of it comes from, say, Endgame and WandaVision that I say this, but I'm going to give a brief, like, you know, recap. You know, she was introduced in Age of Ultron. We could already see that she can manipulate things, right? She literally was able to implant um, things into everyone's head to make them, you know, pretty much trip out and shit. Um, And so those are the beginning of her powers. You see in Civil War um, what she's able to do, right? And then Infinity – like, do you remember in Infinity War, right, when she's chilling up in the tower as, like, the battle is happening in Wakanda? And then she finally goes down there to, like, prevent those, like, freaking turning wheels to, like, destroy Natasha and Okoye. And Okoye is like, why the hell was she up there this whole time? <laughs> it's like because <laughs> she is. Um and the fact that in Infinity War, not only was she able to destroy the Mind Stone, but at the same time, simultaneously, like, keep Thanos back. You know, the amount of energy that she had to have done in order to destroy a literal Infinity Stone while keeping Thanos, this very powerful being who, what, had four Infinity Stones at the time, able to keep him back. Like, that's insane. That's no small feat. <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, she, she's insane. And I don't think I fully appreciated her in the beginning. Like, at first I was like, ah, oh, she's okay. all right. And now I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And then, and then the best in Endgame 
when she comes back and she tells Thanos, you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. And she's like, you will. And just literally, like, she was going to kill him. Wanda would have killed Thanos if it weren't for the fact that Thanos then decided to rain down with his ships on everyone. Which it, which brings up the point about Captain Marvel, where it's like she did do something. She did do something. That's an actual argument, by the way, in WandaVision. Like that Jimmy Woo and Darcy literally argue and go, I think Jimmy's like, well, Wanda, you know, would have killed Thanos. And I think Darcy's like, yeah, but like Captain Marvel came in. And I think Jimmy goes, yeah, but that only was because Thanos then like, you know, cheated pretty much. <laughs> Um, that's like a little a literal argument in the show, which is amazing. So then let me get to WandaVision, which I'm sorry, Brittany, I'm going to say some spoilers. And those who are no, listening, you're good, do it. Wanda literally has created a whole entire town um, with her, her powers. The fact that she's <laughs> able to uh, literally be able to create a town, manipulate um, reality so that the cars look different, the houses look different, things look different, you know, able to mind control everyone without really even thinking about it in the town. The fact that she's able to then, at some point, she expands the barrier of the town and shit. Um, That's insane. Like, is she what she's doing? Like, is she doing it on purpose? No, not really. Um, so, again, spoiler alert, um, you know, after the events of Endgame, she um, goes to get Vision's body, which is um, held by sword, realizes that Vision is no longer in there, right? Like, she touches his forehead, and she's like, I can't feel you. So she literally goes to, like, this town in New Jersey, which you find out Vision bought a pot, a plot, is it called a plot of land or something? Uh, a, pl- a plot, like P-L-O-T. Okay. Literally bought a plot of land, and as she's looking at it, he wrote on it going, for us to grow old in. Oh, Um, no. And so she is so emotional that she lets off this energy blast, similar to what she did in Age of Ultron when Pietro died. And the energy blast pretty much just, like, created this barrier around the town and literally, like, got everyone mind-controlled. So she didn't realize that that she did it. Um, She didn't realize that it was hurting people until later, until it was revealed that it was hurting people. She didn't realize that. To her, it's like she just wanted vision back. She just wanted vision, and she wanted that. And the fact that she was able to create a version of vision from the part of the mind stone that still existed in her. in fucking sane um so i didn't know if that's what they were gonna pull on for the fact that she has to have had that like something of the mind stone in her to recreate him right and then so it's explained like with the whole thing with the scarlet witch is that you know the scarlet witch is like pretty much a lore with witches where it's like it's a witch that doesn't need incantations doesn't need to like read things it's this witch that like literally has these powers in her to do these things and that's what she is because it even is said they're like you're the scarlet witch you know and she's just like the like what she does in the finale 
like, just being able to, like, go toe-to-toe with this other witch, being able to, like, become the Scarlet Witch and shit, like, embrace that, and just the energy that she's able to, like, astral project and shit. And then at the end of Scarlet Witch, she's literally able to astral project herself while she's conscious. And Doctor Strange can only astral project himself when he's unconscious. Like, Doctor Strange is like, I feel inadequate now. I feel like they're, you're coming for my job. <laughs> they said, like, the the villain of the show says, like, you are stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. And it's like, that, oh, my God. Wanda is, like, the fact that she can manipulate reality the way that she can and control people the way she can and just create things. Um, to, I, how, there's no more, there's no one more powerful than that. Like, how do you become more powerful than that? I know. You know? You're like, oh, Magneto, or, oh, you know, you know, even uh, Captain Marvel. It's like, Captain Marvel cannot shift your whole uh, perception of the world, like, make you just not even know what anything is anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, like, that's exactly it. Um, it's like, yeah, Captain Marvel is very physically strong. Like, no one can take that away from her. But it's like when you have a character who can just literally manipulate things, it's like, how do you fight against that? (laughs) You don't. (laughs) Um, WandaVision was amazing. I know I gave some spoilers here, but the end of that show is just so beautiful. Um, I keep keep saying it because I just really love what those two characters did with each other, um, with Vision and Wanda. It's like, I'm sorry, I think they're the best couple in the MCU. I used to think that was, say, you know, Tony and Pepper, Aunt May and Happy, because I love them. You know, there's plenty of other great couples, you know, Star-Lord and Gamora. But when you watch WandaVision, you're like, their love is just so amazing. And I don't think there's anyone, any couple that's better. (laughs) It's like, she made a whole fucking world for him to mourn his loss. Yeah, exactly. It's like, she couldn't sit there and like live without vision um and live without him by her side because she literally has nothing she doesn't have a family she doesn't have a brother she doesn't have a nation people don't like her someone and someone pointed out they're like why didn't any of the avengers like check up on wanda afterwards (laughs) it's like everyone else has somewhere to go back to except wanda everyone was like dead by that point i mean old or dying but yeah, I don't know. It's like, um, if Clint was such a quote unquote father figure to Wanda, why didn't he invite Wanda to go live on his farm with him? He certainly had plenty of room. Just saying. I'm just saying. You know what's also crazy is I feel like in uh oh Falcon uh in the Winter Soldier and stuff, I feel like they're gonna kill T- uh, not Tony, they're gonna kill Steve. I think that too, because like yeah. you see the photos of like Falcon in like a you know a suit, and he's looking all like somber down at the shield and everything. And I'm like, no, you've like, do hurt us enough. And it's you, like I guess people are like, well, it's could be worse. You know, he's dying of old age, and I'm like, yeah, but it still you don't hurts. Need to, you don't need to show me that. I can just imagine in my head that, like, old Steve Rogers is chilling out, like, drinking coffee while, like, you know, listening to 1940s tunes and everything and just going, oh, look, more shit's going on in the world. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, she, she you know, uh, 
oh, what's her name? Uh, the love of his life. I can't Peggy. remember her name. Peggy. It's like, you know, she's also dead a very at this point. Um, relationship. What did you say? Which is also another great couple. Yeah. It's like, but, you know, she's already dead by this point, but maybe he felt like he just needed to stay alive long enough to, you know, let them know. But I feel like, I'm like, oh, wouldn't he live forever with the serum? But if you think about it, he's lived how many more years already through, you know, in the future? Like, what? I mean, reali- like, you know, realistically, like, he sh- he should technically be dead. Yeah, because, well, I'm trying to think, because if he went back, right, and it's been like, like, what, 80 years since, you know, World War Two. And count that he was in his 20s, or at least his 30s, so he's 100, including the years of him being alive for, uh, you know, like, during the other stuff, it was like, what, another 15 years? So he would yeah. be like 120, basically, at this point, or 115. Even longer, right? Then he goes back and he relives all those well, decades. I'm including that, too, because he was, he was frozen for the other part. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he technically should be dead. <laughs> technically should be dead. Um, you should be dead. But, I mean, we don't need to see that. <laughs> I don't yeah, need to yeah, see him yeah. I agree you. I don't, I don't need to see him die. Oh, my God, I don't want to see that so badly. It's like, Marvel, why do you keep making me hurt? Like, when I tell you, I cried several times during WandaVision. Like, again, when she you know, it's just, like, emotionless driving to, like, New Jersey, which I, too, would feel those type of emotions driving to New Jersey. No, no offense to my New Jersey. <laughs> but, you know, when she, when she drives there and, like, just is standing on the plot of land looking at, like, the little brochure with, the, it's just, like, you feel that. You feel that with, like, Wanda, and it's just, like, Oh my God! Really? That they're they're o- OTP. They're OTP. Oh dear. But yeah, Wanda is definitely the strongest female superhero, the strongest Avenger. I keep yelling that whenever I was watching WandaVision. I was like, strongest Avenger. <laughs> you know what was funny? It's like uh, remember that thing where I said they're basically like uh, you know discovering your sexuality by your favorite Marvel character, right? Yeah. And they did the one for she's your favorite character. And they, I can't remember what they said for the other part, but they were like, that you will also proudly proclaim that she is the strongest Avenger and you have to let everybody know that she's the strongest Avenger and the reason why. The strongest Avenger. <laughs> you like, know, you know what WandaVision also did before we throw out our honorable mentions? Like, Vision looked damn good in WandaVision. And it's like... I, I saw some images and I was like, oh, oh. Right? It's like, oh. This, this ain't right. This is not right. <laughs> when you want to read fan fiction of Vision, but you can only ship them with one person and it hurts. Exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, we ha- it's I'm not going to go into it, but there's definitely a scene in, like, the second episode where they clearly, like, did the dirty. And it's like, did Tony and Bruce make Vision with a dick? With a <laughs> <laughs> I guess you like, well, could create him with a dick. 
right? She's like, you never had one before, but you know what? This is my fantasy world, so. <laughs> I get Boom. three inches from the ground. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> um, let's go to our honorable mentions. Uh, Brittany, what do you got for us? I was going to do a Koye. Yes. And I also think uh, Wonder Woman. And uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, and Hot Girl. Oh, I loved Hot Girl, especially in the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited cartoons. Yes, and I was, like, sitting there, I was like, man, I really loved that adventure DC. I want to put them in honorable mentions. <laughs> I was going to put Wonder Woman as well because I do think that she is very strong. Obviously, she's Wonder Woman, and she, too, could wipe the floor with her male counterparts. Um, so, you know, that's that. Um, for my honorable mentions, I have, oh, I guess I don't have like too many. I mean, the wasp, you have nebula, which is amazing. Um, what's going to call I'm trying to think like, I mean, um, what's her name? Mantis is strong in her own right. You know, she just she's like, so cute. <laughs> she, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, she's so cute. But it's like her powers too are like legit. I mean, she was able, even if it wasn't for that long, able to keep, you know, Thanos at bay. Like that had to have taken a lot of, you know, strength from her. So it's like, I definitely give like Mantis that whole thing. And I know this isn't a superhero technically. It's a super villain. But I wanted to mention Hella, just because I'm like, she's strong. <laughs> she's strong as fuck. So it's like, again, I know she's not a superhero, but that woman is crazy powerful. That's so good. Was, I can't remember her name off the, off the bat, but uh, Thor's mom, because she taught the Loki everything he knew. Frigga. Frigga's definitely fucking strong. She's a witch, too. Uh-huh. And a bitch. No, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was definitely like a boss-ass bitch when she freaking stood up to that dark elf. She was like, uh-uh. To, yeah, I don't even care if I get stabbed right now. <laughs> we doing this. <laughs> so good. I'm trying to think of others. Like, I mean, <sighs> I'm sure Yelena will be on a list once the Black Widow movie comes out. I'm just excited for all the Marvel films that we have coming out. You know, we have the Eternals, we have Black Widow, we have Shang-Chi. Um, and I'm excited for the shows as well. You know, Falcon Winter Soldier is coming out um, and Sharon Carter is coming back. I liked Sharon Carter and I don't even <laughs> mind that they kissed. <laughs> I, you didn't even do your favorite character, Tia. Ooh. Electra. Oh, my God. I didn't. <laughs> but, 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 you know, that, she was she was strong as well. I can't take that away from her. I just didn't like her personally. Right? I just thought it was um, funny because I was like, let's <laughs> Tia. I did not like Electra. But if we're talking about um, freaking... Uh, you know, women in the oh god, why can't I think of her name? What is the girl? Oh my god, what's the girl from Iron Fist? She was kick ass. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, I have to look I it never up. I watched Iron Fist. Did you watch the Defenders though? Oh, Colleen, Colleen Wing. She was badass. I liked Colleen. 
I, I do remember you talking about her. She was cool. She was badass, but, you know, I just didn't like Electra. But anyway, <laughs> Brittany, I think we did a fantastic job breaking down the strongest female superheroes. Hopefully there's a lot more to come, um, you know, because we want to be in the playground as well. Um, and, yeah, so I'm really excited for it. Uh, as I said, the Eternals has Angelina Jolie and frickin', um oh, my God, what is her name? <gasps> Why am I so bad with names right now? Get you the worst. Oh, my God. I have to look it up now again. This is the worst. But, yeah, sorry about that, guys. Um, you all want to hear me just sit here and say um a thousand times while I look up shit? Uh. <laughs> oh, um, what you want to call this? Salma Hayek. You know, we got Gemma Chan, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie in the Eternal, so we're going to have some badass women there. So I'm just really excited. Brittany, um, before we go, let everyone know where they can find you, what you got coming up next. So you can always find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. Um, I haven't got to a little bit. I'm going to try to get back in the swing of things today. I had a lot of stuff come up through the past week. Um, you can also find me at Twitter at Itty Bitty Brit Zero. And now you can find me at TikTok, on TikTok at Itty Bitty Brit, except the I and the B and the B are capitalized. <laughs> Please make sure everyone check this out, not only in the spirit of supporting amazing women, but just in the spirit of supporting amazing artists, because Brittany is a very dedicated streamer who spends a lot of time bringing you the best entertainment. Um, as for me, you can check me out at um, TC underscore Stark on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm, of course, also on GeekVibesNation.com. I've done plenty of articles, opinion pieces, and the whatnot that you can check out there are our website has links to all of our social media account. We have merch, by the way, um, which you can find on our website. We do not only just T-shirts. we got mugs, water bottles, masks. It's uh, awesome. We have a great design that um, we're just really proud to have showcased. So please make sure you check that out. And finally, make sure that you are following us on our YouTube channel at Geek Vibes Podcast. Um, because I have some amazing interviews there. Not only have I spoken oh, to does. not only have I spoken to Yatede Badaki from American Gods, I spoke to several of the actresses from the Apple TV Plus show For All Mankind, which does a very good job in uh, rewriting history to put women from women from America on the moon sooner than we did in real life. Um, and one of my more favorite um, interviews is I actually spoke to Bruce Langley from American Gods. That's going to be on um, our YouTube channel on Monday, which will probably this will probably come out after that. So it'll be on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. But Brittany, this has been amazing. I always love doing the top ten with you. Um, I don't know what our top ten will be next week. I do know in a couple. Of, I do know in a couple of weeks we'll be doing uh, American Gods again, but. You know, until then, everyone, have a great day. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.